year I turned 12. The age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. Well, I still hadn't had the other two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Would you stand up and walk out on? Happy Wonder Wednesday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today is finally come time to finish season one of the new 2021 Wonder Years. I started covering the show back in September, October of uh, 2020. Wait, no. Hold on a second. Excuse me. No, <laughs> I started covering it in September, October of 2021. So now that we've reached the end, of course, the episode that I'm referring to is season one, episode 22, entitled Love, comma, Dean. This is from the air, air date May 18th, 2022. You know, it's amazing we're in December right now and it just... May feels so long ago. All right, so IMDb description. It's the end of the school year and summer excitement is all around. Bill and Lillian each receive major career opportunities. And Dean and Kisa take shelter together as a tornado tears through. Wow. Because they're in Montgomery, Alabama, and the Arnold family... I, even though it was never said, it, come on, we all knew it was somewhere in California, any town California. There were so many, you could just tell, you, you could just tell, there are so many examples there. So, <clears throat> since I'm going to be covering that today, I do want to let you all know, I want to also thank you for joining me on my coverage of season one. I really enjoyed Season one, I am happy that it did get picked up for season two. I really am excited to see where the characters are going to go going forward in season two and continuing on not just Dean's journey, but also the journey of Bill and Lillian and Kim and also Dean's older brother Bruce now that he is home from Vietnam. So yeah, a a lot of things have, have... happened over the course of 22 episodes a lot and the fact that it's funny because bill just got tenure with his job at the college so i'm kind of curious like okay because bill's new gig i remember he was planning to kind of do his own thing and everything just before you know as we're wrapping up season one so there's that we also have Lillian, who had been given a job opportunity, a new job opportunity, unfortunately did not work out, which thank goodness it didn't because that just sounded like such a toxic environment for her. So I'm curious to see where these career opportunities that IMDb is giving us in this description, what that's going to mean exactly. And also... I already know about what's going to happen between Dean and Kisa. Yes, I was spoiled because I followed the Wonder Years on Instagram. So they play scenes. And and mind you, this episode already aired back in May. So yeah, it's been 100% spoiled for me. 
So I'm just kind of curious, okay, where do we go from here? At the time, you know, just in the last episode, Kisa's going with Broderick. So we'll see how that works out. I, I'm curious to see how the friendship, you know, with, with, with Corey and, and Brad and Norman and, and Hampton and all that, you know, carry through into season two. I mean, I, I've been honest, you know, as I've covered season one, that Dean really... But then again, Kevin got on my nerves quite a bit with his outbursts, but it's it's different for Dean. I feel like his... Uh, I want to say smarmy might not be the right word. It just... I don't know. It just seems like sometimes he rubs his, his smarts in people's faces. Like he's out there like, I'm smarter than you at it sometimes. I, I don't know. But it's good to be proud that you are smart. But when you, it's, I don't know. I just and, and also the way that he treated Michael during that science fair, I'm just, uh, that still rubs me the wrong way. Like, man, come on. Come on. Even Kevin never stooped that low. That to me felt like, to me, Dean doing that, that felt like a something Wayne would do to Kevin. I just, I just, I don't know. I just I feel it. But like I said, I'm excited to go on the journey of season two. That being said, we are not getting, see well, the show isn't set to air till sometime in summer 2023. Does that mean June, July, August? We don't know because they are currently now filming. However, how that stands with the podcast is this. 2023 is going to be, my main focus of 2023 is wrapping up the Full House portion of my podcasts. Also, I'm still going to be doing monthly episodes of Small Wonder because we're going to be starting in January. We kick off season three. That's going to be interesting because it's, I only have the first two seasons on DVD, so the rest is pretty much coming straight off of YouTube, and the quality is not the greatest. It's as best that someone was able to throw up there, but in terms of the Wonder Years and how I'm going to do things, I'm going to be pre-recording when I can. As far as when I start uploading episodes of Season 2 of the Wonder Years is going to be, I'm not going to give an official date. I will just leave you with this. It will be sometime in the year 2024. And I know, yes, that is a very long time from now. But aside from my podcast, I also have other things that I also usually take my main focus. So that being said, once I've finished with with the Full House portion and 2024 is going to be all about finishing. And I'm going to cover this, guys, when I do my podcast life update in January. So a lot of you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff, basically. But, um, yeah, 2024 is going to be wrapping up the Fuller House portion. Once that podcast is, is done, as far as both shows have been covered... I'm going to dial it down a little bit as far as podcasting. I'm probably not going to be putting out weekly episodes. I probably will switch Small Wonder from being a monthly podcast to maybe a bi-monthly where it's going to be, or a bi-weekly podcast where it's two episodes a month. That's not set in stone. That's just me throwing stuff out into the, into the air right now. But um, 
as far as any other past podcast ventures that I've thought up and kind of abandoned, like Mr. Belvedere, I don't think I was ever going to cover every single episode of that show. I'd like to do some episodes of Elf, Little House on the Prairie, some episodes here and there. Uh, I also would like to eventually start up a Wishbone podcast at some point, maybe in 2025, 2026. It just really depends. But I think my main focus going forward with podcasts is going to be occasional movie reviews, occasional book reviews on books that I grew up reading. And some of those book reviews are mainly going to be on this Looking Back on My Wonder Years channel just due to the content of the books when it comes to sexual content between teenagers, just depending if that is what the book entails. Just stuff that it's not going to be appropriate for kids under the age of 18. I'm just saying that right now. So that's why that stuff is reserved for my more older crowd for the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. Um, one podcast I, I did kind of abandon just shortly after I started, uh, American Dreams. I love that show. I would love to get back on that sometime. As far as Everwood goes, I really have no, <laughs> I don't really have any idea about what I want to do with that I whether or not I want to continue one day or it's going to be just abandoned on the cutting room floor um another show Boy Meets World The World According to Corey I'd like to eventually start that up one day again that's something that will be more unlikely when I get to it in the future I'm not saying I'm going to be podcasting 10 years down the road or even five years down the road I don't know but this is mainly just a hobby for me. But I want to let you all know that I do appreciate all of you that have joined in, not just from the very beginning, but also in the last few years. I want to thank you so much for listening. And no, I'm not going away anytime soon. So don't be worried about that. I do have, you know, podcast episodes coming out. So that being said... Let's jump into Love Dean, Love, Dean, the season one finale of The Wonder Years. I am excited to see where the characters that I have grown attached to and grown to love and enjoy are going to be headed. Like, what's the groundwork for season two now that we're going to be getting this episode? I am curious to see, clearly this, this thing between Dean and Kisa is going to be a cliffhanger that's going to carry over into the next season. Alright, so we do see the Williams family house. We see, it just looks like daytime, it's just passing, you know how that time lapse effect that they do. And Dean talked about summertime in Alabama and what that means for his family. Going into summertime, for some that, like Kim, that means less clothes. She's probably getting rid of stuff that she hasn't worn in a while to make room for newer clothes. Bill looks like he's outside doing yard work, trimming the hedges and the plants and all that stuff. Oh, uh, adult Dean narrates, he says, the start of summer in the South is always a time of new beginnings. 
So it looks to me that Lillian is in the kitchen and she is... So it looks like Lillian is planning on going away because she's got Tupperware that's marked with tape and a Sharpie that says week one, day three, week one, day four. So it looks like she's planning on going away for a bit. I'm kind of curious, like, okay, where's she going? She's going on a business trip? We don't know. And that's the thing, I don't... Uh, one of the things I we used to use growing up or at least around my home, was masking tape all the time. And as an adult, I can't remember the last time I used masking tape for anything. Or duct tape, for that matter. It used to be duct tape used to be the stuff that was like the cure to fix anything. Oh, you got a problem with such and such, throw some duct, duct tape on it. It'll be fine. So Dean tells us that Lillian is going to be going away. She got a big promotion at work, which means she's going to be away for a few weeks over the summer. And that's good. I mean, she's just making sure that everyone is taken care of while she's away. Like, heaven forbid that Bill has to, like, make anything for himself or the kids. So she asks if anyone wants her to put the food that she's putting in Tupperware and putting in the fridge. Do you want me to put them in order chronologically or based on food type? And Bill says, well, I want to be able to eat without brushing up on algebra. And she says, well, this way you know you'll have everything you need while I'm gone. She's such a good mom and wife. She is amazing. And she says how pretty much this is just for for Bill and Dean because Bruce has got everything he needs. He's over at Tammy's a lot. So Lillian's not too concerned about him. And of course, the only thing that Kim needs is a person, a phone. And when she says phone, she's not talking about a cell phone, guys, because this is 1968 or 69. That's right, because they had Christmas last year, and then they would have focused on the upcoming year. So no, she's talking about just the phone at the house. But Dean is who Lillian is worried about. And Bill says, hey, look, when I was Dean's age, my parents forgot they had me for two months, and I was fine. Well, this just adds to <laughs> what she's worried about leaving Dean by himself. He's like, oh, the toaster's stuck. Should I use a knife? Uh, well, I would definitely suggest you don't do that, unless you want to be electrocuted. Bill tells him, no, look, Lillian, I'll look after him. It will be fine. He will still be alive when you get back in three weeks. But Bill is concerned about Lillian being in that station wagon. She's going to Birmingham. Like He's like, how many miles are on the station wagon now? Um, I mean, he's like, what if the car breaks down somewhere? And again, she can't get to a phone right away to call someone to come and, you know, get her or whatnot. It's like, it's, yeah, it's just it's dangerous back then to be, you know, left. You know, your car breaks down, you gotta walk somewhere, you gotta hope that if you can go to someone's house and use their phone that they're not gonna kill you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> or they'll be hospitable enough to, like, no, you are, sure, come on in and use my phone. I actually did, I ran out of gas, I know it's stupid. I ran out of gas once, and <laughs> I had to use someone's phone. They let me use someone's phone, so I called someone to come and bring, I cannot believe, I was like, 17, 18 years old. You think I would have had a, a brain enough in my head to not run out of gas? Yeah. Apparently, the uh, the station wagon is getting up there in miles. 100,000 just about. And Bill's like, you know, maybe we should uh, look into a newer car that can handle all those miles if you're going to be traveling. I think. 
Eh, maybe. There you get. So I want to hear about, you know, we'll get to Bill's opportunity because apparently he's got an opportunity coming up as well. So Lillian's like, oh, really? And Bill clarifies, like, well, no. When I meant new car, I meant new used car. Basically, new to us. <laughs> he says, you know, new for you. So, turns out, Keith is still with Broderick. And Dean is apparently happy with that situation. He says, hey, I wasn't losing the potential love of my life. And he gained a new buddy. They both like Star Trek. So anyway, if you think about it, Broderick really is getting a win here. He's got a beautiful girl like Kisa. He gets to be his geeky self with Dean in a way that he can't be around his cool friends. Heaven forbid they find out he likes Star Trek. He would be teased mercilessly. What are, they, are they playing the game of life? What game are they playing? No, I think they're playing the games. I think that's the game Sorry. It's got to be, otherwise I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, unless it's a combination of a game I've never heard of from the late 60s. The start of summer in the South is always a time of new beginnings. For some, that means less clothes. For others, that means more work. But this summer, it means less mama for everybody. She had just gotten a big promotion that meant she'd be away for a few weeks over the summer. She was actually excited she was going to be working more. Did you want me to put them in order chronologically or based on food type? And I want to be able to eat without having to brush up on algebra. This way you'll have everything you need while I'm gone. Bruce can take care of himself and only thing Kim needs is a purse and a phone. But Dean... When I was his age, my parents forgot they had me for two months and I was fine. The toaster's stuck. Shall I use a knife? No. Okay, I will look after him. I'm more concerned about you out in those roads to Birmingham. How many miles on a station wagon now? Getting close to 100,000. We may need to look into a new car that can handle all those miles. Maybe. To be clear, when I said new car, I meant new used car. You know, new for you. Mama wasn't the only one enjoying a new beginning. Kisa had a new boyfriend that turned out to be pretty nice. So I wasn't losing the potential love of my life as much as I was gaining a new friend. Yeah, that's that, that's an even trade. Dean, it's your turn. Roderick, for his part, got to have a gorgeous girlfriend that solidified his coolness, while also getting a new friend he could be his geeky self with in a way he couldn't with his cool friends. Yep, symbiosis at its finest. So the next day at lunch... Corey asked Dean, like, Dean, do you honestly like being a third wheel in someone else's relationship? And Dean's like, Corey, seriously, we are all getting something from it. And Corey has heard this before. He's like, please, Dean, don't say symbiosis. <laughs> it, that, that's weird, too. It's like, he can handle Dean and his, as his friend because they've been friends since they were, like, babies. So, but just sometimes when Dean comes up with some of these words, like, Dean, please. Your weirdness is showing. <laughs> so, Dean actually tells Corey, like, it's kind of a relief not having to worry about Kisa and what she thinks of me all the time now. Well, now that her attention is on Broderick. So we don't have to hear anymore about this three-year plan, this four-year plan, this five-year plan, this ten-year plan that we've been hearing since, like, pretty much the pilot episode. I think hopefully he's dropped that. Because if not, it's like, Dean, 
Please stop. Hey, he says, hey, summer's gonna be great. You know, Kevin Arnold thought the same thing at the end of season two, and look what happened. Paul was going on an eight-week trip with some other relative, some other, like, friends of his family, his parents or something, the Schwartzes or whoever they were. Winnie, of course, was going away for the summer, too, and then Kevin's like, well, what about me? What about my plans? like a gym teacher or lunchroom monitor that's like nodding off it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and you're already nodding off or maybe it's noon I don't know it's like and then someone throws the paper airplanes <laughs> I saw that and he starts walking over to supposedly somebody who threw a paper airplane at him and Dean tell adult Dean tells us like well in order to get to summer you actually have to basically get through the last week of school Oh my goodness. Oh, that's right. And the week, last week of school, you get your yearbooks, which is also pretty cool. <laughs> when you could afford the $40 for them, when you pay 20 at the beginning of the year, and then the other 20 when you get the yearbook. Because I only got my sophomore, junior, and senior year yearbook. I really wish I could have gotten my freshman year yearbook. And Dean says, you know, pretty much the last week of school, you're not doing anything. There's no homework. There's no tests. There's no attempts at discipline. Oh, I guess we see Michael here from uh, the Science Fair episode. What was that, like episode 7 or 8? I can't remember. It feels like it's, it's been so long ago. Yeah, it just, I remember, like, I can't remember whether it might have been either my sophomore, it might have been my junior year. The very last day of school, we were really finishing taking the end of the year test. And my pencil was so worn down and dull, yet I was still like writing out answers. So I didn't have to go up and sharpen my pencil. But it just feels like, like, yeah, the usually it's either Christmas break or it's the end of the school year. You clean out your locker, you're getting rid of stuff. And you're basically, it's a, you're watching movies. Or at least we were doing that during the Christmas break, like the last couple days before school let out for the holidays. No attempts at discipline as we walk past Michael with a kid in a headlock. And he's, Michael's just yawning. <laughs> Francois ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and Dean says, even the bullies were phoning it in. And Dean says, well, the high point of the last week of school, let me guess, the yearbooks. Yeah, Corey and Dean sit down with Norman and Brad, and I think Hampton was on the other side, because Norman says, hey, look, here's one of all of us. We were the first black kids in the school. Oh, that's right, when they integrated. That's right. There's a janitor right during lunch cleaning up. Doesn't it mean? I mean, maybe he's cleaning up a mess. Because usually it seems like they do that, like, once the lunchroom is cleared of kids so you can actually, you know, clean up without kids being in the way. And, of course, being these are black and white pictures, um, I get it just, it doesn't come out as, as good, I guess. Because Dean says, apparently the photographer hasn't learned how to lighten black skin yet or something. But Brad is also in the picture. They're all kind of standing on the the steps of the stairway there, just hanging out. How thoughtful of Gisa. Oh, hey, Dean. I saved you a spot right next to Broderick's signature. 
if he takes up a whole page like Kevin Arnold does, I am going to go cray. <laughs> so her best guy friend next to her boyfriend's signature or whatever he 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 wrote. Oh my gosh. Remember, I'm going to, of course, play that at the end of covering this episode. But remember how Kevin was struggling to write in Winnie's yearbook and just like saying things like, don't change and stay the same. And then he ends with love, Kevin. Just like Dean's going to put love, Dean. Uh, it's going to be the same exact thing. And she's standing over him while he's writing in it. And I like how Corey's kind of like, because he's sitting across from Dean and he's kind of like side-eyeing like what Dean is writing. Like, oh, you better not put any mushy stuff in there. Because with with Winnie and Kevin, it was all like, hey, they're in the hallway. Like, hey, sign my yearbook. Get it back to me around lunchtime. So that way they had, or get it back to me at the end of the day or something like that. And it just, <laughs> they had all that time. I mean, and even Kevin could have like been like, like oh, let's see what everyone else wrote. No, here's Kirk McCray. What did he write to Winnie? Uh-huh. Mm. Hey, he's writing a book. Honestly, because Corey, Brad, and Norman are all, and Norman's sitting, like, right next to Dean. So he's, like, looking over his shoulder, like, man, what are you writing? You're writing, like, a, a more than a paragraph. I'm surprised that Kisa doesn't, well, don't, don't take up too much space. I still need room for other people. And they have the hardcover ones, too. In junior high with me in middle school, it was, they were soft-covered yearbooks. Elementary school was the same way. We didn't get hardcovers. You paid for those. $40. I can only imagine nowadays how much a yearbook costs. If it costs more than $40, good golly. I actually, I, bet, I wouldn't be surprised if it costs like $50, $60 for a yearbook nowadays. As much as prices of school pictures have gone up, I'm pretty sure that yearbooks have probably gone up in price too. Uh, oh my gosh, guys, if this is correct, this is insane. This is like, the average high school yearbook price is $75. This is, let's see what some of these others, this is, this is crazy. For starters, the traditional high school yearbook now costs between 30 and 100, 150 for what? Oh my god, this, why are yearbooks so expensive? The two biggest reasons are during its fabrication. First of all, the yearbooks are made of thick paper, which is used to get better quality. Second reason is the use of color ink, which is used in a lot of yearbooks for a high number of pictures. Yeah, well, the only ones that are in color are the senior pictures. Usually, everyone else's from freshman through junior year is plain old black and white. Let's see. Oh my gosh, this is just, wow. I guess I should be glad that I only had to pay $40 from the years of 1997 to 2001. <laughs> I don't know if there's a look of annoyance on Keith's face. Like, dude, um, lunchtime's almost over and I still have a handful of people I want to sign my yearbook. Can we, like, wrap this up? <laughs> hey, seriously, I bet anything... Corey has got to be, like, reading upside down what Dean is writing because he's like, oh, my gosh, Dean, really?
Really? Oh my gosh, I thought we were past this. Uh, you said you were doing better. Yeah, he's like, okay, he caps the pen, like, oh, here you go. It's almost like he's at, like, an autograph table, and he's signing autographs for fans. Like, oh, well, here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> nice meeting you. <laughs> so she takes and heads off. Uh, Norman, Brad, and Corey are all just shaking their heads like, man, <sighs> Dean. <laughs> Literally, not only did you just write the longest note in history, did they notice that he wrote Love Dean? Because I'm sure he did. Oh, he didn't sign Love Dean. He signed, according to Corey, Love You Dean. Not Love Ya, but Love You Dean. And Dean's like, no, no I didn't. And they're all like, uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Why would you do that? She has a boyfriend. You hang out with him. I'm sure that he would find that very uncool. He doesn't even remember. He's like, oh, what? Did I? He's looking over. Oh, shoot. I should have done that. And adult Dean there says, in my poetic genius, I didn't even realize. Well, sometimes when we're writing something and then our thoughts stray and then we look down like, oh, my gosh, did I write that? Oh. Like this one time when I was at work and I was filling out a sheet and then I was writing it down other employees' names and then I realized I, after my own name, I put my husband's name and I'm like, whoopsie, cross that out. <laughs> Even in my, in my poetic genius, I had accidentally confessed my love to Kisa. Well, he didn't say love, comma, Dean. He said, love you. Not I love you, but love you. And that word, not just in, in, as adults, but as kids, teenagers, that holds a lot of weight. That holds, uh, holds a lot of meaning. And you're writing that in a yearbook. That's there forever, unless she, like, scribbles it out. Dean's like, you know what? She probably didn't even notice anyway. Uh-huh. How much you want to bet she does notice? Yeah, Dean says, I saw a whole bunch of her pages. I, other, I, I see this in her, I'm not the only, basically, I'm not the only one who wrote that. And Brad says, yeah, girls do that to other girls. Oh, finally we see him. And he's like, yeah, you only say love to your mom or wife and your dad when he's about to die. Okay, Hampton? Yeah, they are really on Dean about, like, oh, oh, why is Dean? What do you think he's going to th think about that? What do you think? Oh, or your new best friend, Broderick. What do you think he's going to think about that? I don't think he'll like it. See, Dean's got four buds who know how to keep that boy in line. They will get in his face when he screws up. Especially, especially when it comes to Kisa. And Dean says, well, if, if Roderick or, or Kisa still thinks I like her, then it could ruin our delicate symbiote. And they're all like, please stop saying that word. Please. Or he says, ah. And Dean says, uh, balanced. Three-way relationship. Dean says, quick, Norman, give me your yearbook. And Norman's like, what are you doing? And Dean says, hey, look, if I write love you in yours... It isn't going to look so bad. I'll just write it in everybody's. And it's just... 
And this makes me think of when, um, in the episode of Full House season five called Crushed, when Tommy Page visits Stephanie for her 10th birthday and writes Love Tommy on his CD for her. He signs a Love Tommy. And she's like, but you signed Love Tommy on my CD. And he's like, yeah, um, sometimes I do that. And sometimes I make a mistake and accidentally do it for a guy. And Joey says, yeah, you gotta watch that. <laughs> apparently Tommy, <laughs> Joey also likes Tommy Page, apparently. <laughs> Which is cool. <laughs> yeah, he figures if he just writes love you, Dean, in everyone's yearbooks, then I can just say, you know, I do that with everyone. It's just, that's Dean being Dean. That's just, I can say it's my thing. Really? Your thing, huh? And it just started today? I don't think that's enough time to say, oh, this is my thing. That's what I do. So he's like, hey, Stephanie, love you. Tyler, love you too. And they're all looking at him like, who are you? Do we do, do we know him? He's in our algebra class, right? Or geometry, history. No? Okay. They're like, teen, you're weird. <laughs> oh, that was a coach. I thought he was a lunchroom monitor. He's like, hey, coach, love ya. And the coach looks down and says, yeah, see ya in detention. Like, Dean. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm serious about that detention now, son. I kind of, part of me does, that's pretty much the cold open. I really hope we get a new cold open just with new pictures for the next, um, season two I'm really hoping so we I feel like we only got that longer intro once in all of season one I'm like oh yeah I like this great more pictures and then all of a sudden the next episode it goes back to the short one I'm like what weird but it's cool I like how <laughs> when coach gives Dean detention Norman like pats him on the back like sucks to be you man <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in your shoes saying you actually like being a third wheel. Well, we all benefit something from it. Here, let me explain. Don't say symbiosis. That's weird, too. Well, call it weird if you want, but all I know is it's kind of a relief not to be worrying about Kisa and what she thinks of me all the time now. Summer's gonna be great. I saw that. Of course, to get to summer, you had to get through the last week of school, but everyone knew that was just a formality. There were no tests, no homework, no attempts at discipline. Even the bullies were phoning it in. The high point of the last week was getting and signing our yearbooks. Guys, there's one of all of us. We were the first black kids in the school. Clearly, the photographer hadn't figured out how to light black skin yet. And guess what? He never did. Hey, Dean. You haven't signed my yearbook yet, so I saved you a spot right next to Barger. Oh, cool. Go. See you guys. What? Not only did you just write the longest note in history, you signed it, love you, Dean. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, you did. <clears throat> did I? I was so caught up in my poetic genius, I didn't even realize I had accidentally confessed my love to Kisa. She probably didn't even notice anyway. I saw a whole bunch of people write that. Yeah. Girls do that to other girls. You only say love to your mom or wife. And your dad when he's about to die. 
So, a wise dean? What do you think Keith is going to think of that? Or your new best friend, Broderick? If Broderick or Keith still thinks I like her, then it could ruin our delicate symbiote. Ah. Balanced. Or a balanced three-way relationship. Quick, Norman, give me your yearbook. What are you doing? If I write love you in everyone's yearbooks, then it's just Dean being Dean. Then I can say it's my thing. Hey, Stephanie, love you. Tyler, love you too. Hey, Coach, love you. I'll see you in the ditch. <laughs> Way to go, Dean. So Dean and Corey are walking down the hallway, and Dean decides to just write love Dean in Broderick's yearbook too, so that way... If he sees it in Keese's, then Broderick will know, like, oh yeah, he wrote it in mine too, that's cool. So it's not weird. <laughs> and also, you know, Dean, adult Dean does say how even though Broderick is, Broderick isn't Corey level friendship with when it comes to Dean, but if something were ever to happen to Corey, Broderick would be next in line to take over as best friend role. If it came to that. So Kisa and Broderick come up and Broderick hands Dean back his yearbook. Oh, here's your yearbook. And then, of course, Dean gives him his. If this doesn't get it when Brod if Broderick looks at it in the hallway and has a raised eyebrow, if this doesn't get that, I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, Kisa kind of, which you was a see a Dean, like, it just, she must think it's weird. Because Broderick says, thanks for signing my yearbook. So she clearly saw it as well as her own, and she's just, thanks, Dean. Like, what is this about? She doesn't, like, ask him for further details. Like, why were you writing Love Dean in my and Broderick's yearbook? Well, or Love You, Dean. Yeah. Go, Dean. You had to go and make this... Crazy awkward, thanks. Thought we could all be friends. <laughs> Even Dean kind of noticed when she says that, like, uh oh, something ain't right. And, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, he just signs his, Broderick just signed his name, and Dean's like, what, just Broderick? That's all he signed? Well, sometimes that's just what guys do, you know? I'm sure they just sign their name. Now Dean's going to analyze why Broderick, Broderick just put his name, like, Broderick and nothing else. Like, is that good? Is is that bad? I'm a genius. You haven't said that in three days. I'm starting to worry. I got Broderick's yearbook first. So now I'm just going to sign Love Dean. Then it'll feel the same as how I wrote in Kisa's. Problem solved. You know what? In that ridiculous little third-wheel relationship you got going on, that actually makes sense. Not only was I solving my problem, I also found myself putting in words how much my friendship with Broderick actually meant to me. I mean, it wasn't at me and Corey level, but he definitely jumped to the top of my <laughs> if-anything-happens-to-Corey list. Love, Dean. My best work yet. Thanks for signing my yearbook. Is yours. Oh, something ain't right. Just Broderick? Is that good? Is it bad? What the hell, man? So now we get back to the house later that day, and Bill's on the phone receiving some very good news. He's really excited. 
And Lillian's kind of overhearing, like, oh, what's that about? So there's going to be an end-of-the-year class party, and Dean is asking Lillian to sign up for it. Like, can you buy the snacks instead of Dad? Because he usually buys the cheap stuff, and I wind up embarrassed. Like, he usually buys the cheap stuff, and, oh, I can't be that kid. Now, he wants to go on a, uh, out on a high note for the last year of seventh grade. Oh, my gosh. Bill's on the phone with Marvin Gaye's manager? Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. I want the deets. I want to find out. How does this phone call? Clearly, it sounds amazing. It sounds really good. So hopefully we will find out. Bill concludes the phone call with, well, I look forward to meeting you too. Ah, cool. So Lillian goes in after Bill gets off the phone and she's like, is that Marvin Gaye with an E or without an E? And he's like, with an E. His manager just called me and he loved one of my songs and he wants me to, he wants to slide me into his songwriting stable. Oh my gosh the clout that he will have with that. He could take that back to his old bandmates and say, hey, look what I'm doing. Kind of like how the Rippers, after they dropped Jesse, found Barry, Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch to be the lead singer. And I'm just like, this is, um, this is so next level amazingness. Oh my gosh, and... The chance to help Marvin Gaye write his next hit song. Hoo-hoo-hoo. And Lily's like, oh my gosh, Bill, this is so amazing. And Kim comes in like, oh yeah, what's up? What's happening? And Dina tells her, Kim, guess who daddy's working with? You will never believe it. And Kim says, ain't no mountain high enough to keep me from finding it. That's right. He went Marvin and Tammy, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh, I love that song, especially in the movie Stepmom. It is such, oh, it is such a good song. It is like the theme of that movie. It's so good. And Kim is like, when do I get to meet Marvin Gaye? And Bill's like, all right, be cool. Okay, first they want me to head to New York for the summer. Okay, well, guess what? This is going to be really interesting because Lillian's going away for three weeks and now Bill's going to basically be going for the duration of summer. Kim, of course, has a job. So I guess Dean's going to be hanging out by himself or I would say he's probably going to have to go over to Corey's house and stay with them while the parents are doing their things. I really honestly hope that neither of them have to give up their opportunities just to stay home with a 12-year-old. It's 1969. He can take care of himself. He's 12 years old. If someone needs to check in on it, I mean, Kim's going to be there too. It's not like she's going away for the summer. Bruce, you know, Bruce can pop in whenever he needs to. It will be fine. It's going to be just fine. You don't turn up a, a chance to work with a professional musician if the opportunity arises. You just, you don't do that. That's one of those over the rainbow, once in a blue moon, never, ever going to happen again. You're never going to get a second chance. You have to take that opportunity. You got to. And this is news to Lily. She's like, what, New York? And Bill says, yeah, in fact, he wants me up there next week. And she's probably like, uh, honey, next week is when I head out on my trip for 
three weeks. And he's in the bathroom, and she's like, are you forgetting about something? And that immediately Bill's like, oh, that's right. That's right. But it's like, no, you don't, you guys can work it out. It's going to be fine. You don't pass up an opportunity like this. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm supposed to be there next week. Because he's like, yeah, Birmingham. It's like, yeah. And, and for a few weeks over the summer. Who's going to take care of things around here? Kim is more than capable. You still have Bruce. And Dean is 12. He can pitch in too. He is not an infant. He can take care of himself. And you know that Corey's parents are just around the corner if they need to pop in once in a while. He, I mean, come on. He's not a four-year-old. He's not a six-year-old that needs constant parental supervision. And Kim still lives there, too. The kids can take care of themselves. I'm sure you'll come back and they won't have killed each other. So now Bill and Lillian are going to kind of argue about what's more important, her promotion or him getting his big break that he's been waiting on since he and Lillian, since even before they met. Like, you can do both. I don't see why they can't see that. Neither one of them should have to give up on what they want to do. Basically, Bill says, look, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to work with Marvin Gaye. You'll get another promotion. So basically, it's like, I'm doing this. You're just going to have to tell them at your job no. He even said, like, I wish there was a way that we could both do what we need to do. It's like, you can do what you need to do. The house is not going to fall apart just because you're not there to take care of it. And Bill walks out of the bedroom and Dean and Kim kind of look at her like, okay, what are we doing now? You know, they want to support both their parents. And she says, well, I'll, I'll figure out the snacks later. Well, I gotta say, this is good news. Real good news. <laughs> I can't believe it. Hey, Mama, can you sign up for snacks for the class party instead of Daddy? He always buys the cheap stuff and I can't be that kid. Your father is on the phone with Marvin Gaye's manager. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Well, I look forward to meeting you two. Did I just hear you say Marvin Gaye? Is that Marvin Gaye with an E or without the E? With the E. His manager heard one of my songs and loved it. He wants to slide me into his songwriting stable. Could possibly help Marvin create his next hit. Oh Bill, that is just... Oh, what's happening? Guess your daddy's working with it. Ain't no mountain high enough to keep me from finding out. Oh. Girl, so when do I get to meet Marvin Gaye? Be cool. First, they want me to head to New York for the summer and make some connections. Wait, New York? In fact, he said he wants me up there next week. Perfect timing. Oh, you forgetting about something? Birmingham. I'm supposed to be there all next week as a part of my promotion. And a bunch of weeks over the summer. Who's gonna take care of things around here? Well, talk about Marvin Gaye. You know, I've been waiting on this kind of break since we met. And this promotion isn't something I've been waiting for? Look, I understand, and I'm sorry. I wish there was a way to make both of our opportunities work. But writing for Marvin Gaye is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We'll get another promotion.
have the snacks later. So Lillian, I believe, has got to be talking to Corey's mom. You know, they're, they're besties and all that stuff. So she's just kind of relaying how she and Bill didn't talk the whole night about the situation. And here, of course, oh, she's making, a, I guess, brownies for uh, Dean's class party. Oh, yeah, and then and then she tells Corey's mom how, uh, like, yeah, and then he comes up in the morning and asks, like, if I'm okay. It's like, <laughs> you drop that on her and you think she, the next day she's going to, and you don't speak the whole night. You think she's going to be okay with that. Like, well, you're making this decision for both of us, so you can do what you want to do, but I can't do what I want to do. Uh-huh. And, of course, Dean's like, oh, who said that, Daddy? It's like, who do you think said it, Dean? If you're going to listen in on your mom's conversation with your best friend's mom, pay attention! Come on, Lillian. No, he's not right. And you don't need to turn down that promotion. Because she's like, maybe I need to turn down the promotion and support my husband and family. It's like... Oh my gosh, you can do both. It's, uh seriously. You're not neglecting your family because you're getting a promotion and you're having to work. That's not being neglectful. You're being given an opportunity that you asked for and you want to see it through. And... Corey's mom tells Lillian, like, if Cliff got this opportunity, he wouldn't even have included me in the discussion. Yeah, he would have just told her that he just made the final decision. It's like, mm, uh, uh, honestly, that's why you need to have communication in marriage. You need to be, it's called compromising, too, is another thing. It's like, there isn't a reason why it can't work out where both of these opportunities could be had. Apparently, Cliff has his wife on a spending limit because she's like, oh yeah, and then he told me how much money I could spend. Uh-huh. Just like from that sleepover, remember that? And then Cliff was get, had like a second job so he could afford all this new furniture and stuff that he was getting mad that the kids were jumping. Like, I haven't even finished paying for this stuff. Get off the couch. Get off the chairs. Don't touch that lamp. Lillian's like, oh, good grief. And no, Corey's mom's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not complaining. I like it. In fact, this is a, this is what we agreed on. So. <laughs> and she says, you know, but when I do feel a certain way about it, I like to look at you and just, you know, I, maybe I think that she does look at Lillian and Bill's marriage as an example for how she and Cliff could be in theirs. It's like, yeah, sometimes you do kind of look at other people's marriages and see what strengths that they have and everything. It's like, hmm, I wonder if, you know, we could get, you know, tips from you guys on how to improve things with us or something like that. I guess they forget that Dean's still in the room, like, looking the brownie batter spatula and everything. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, I heard her use that voice before. <laughs> and they're all looking like, okay, Dean, you go watch TV or something. That's the ladies are trying to talk. We don't need you, like, sending this information to your father or Corey's dad. Basically, what's said in this room stays in this room. It does not leave this room if you're going to listen to gossip. And Corey's mom tells Lillian, you deserve to go as far as the good Lord will let you, and I'm going to keep watching. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, he is eating that batter, all right. <laughs> Corey's mom's like, oh, Lillian, you know what? I don't think it's right. You're going to be sending that boy to school all hopped up on that sugar like that. He is going to be bouncing off the walls, slime down the stairway banister. Oh, my goodness. He is going to be flying through that school on that sugar. That sugar rush, that sugar high. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, you know what? That's his teacher's problem. Once he's out the door, that's up to them to take care of him. <laughs> when he's inside these four walls, then it's my job. <laughs> Good morning, sweetie. Don't worry about the bus. I'll take you once I finish these brownies for your class party. Girl, I was hotter than fish grease. We didn't speak the whole night, and here he come this morning with his old, you okay, baby. What's that, daddy? <sighs> oh, maybe he's right. Maybe I need to turn down this promotion and support my husband and family. Lillian, if Cliff would have got this opportunity, he wouldn't even include me in the discussion. He just would have told me he made the final decision and didn't tell me how much money I could spend. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. It's the system we have. I like it. I agree to it. But what I'm saying is, when I do feel some type of way about it, I like to look at you. Really? Oh, girl, please. Now, don't be acting like you ain't the Miss Boss lady clapping and clacking around here with your work outfits and your lunch breaks and your typewriter using your white girl voice. Alabama State Treasury Department. <laughs> I've never used that voice before. <laughs> now, listen. You deserve to go as far as the good Lord will let you. And I'm going to keep watching. Oh, uh, Lil, you know you're wrong to send him to school all hopped up on that sugar like that. That's his teacher's problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dean gets home from school and it looks like Bill's going to wash his car. Like, he wants his car to be shining brand new. When he takes it to uh, New York, you know, to meet Marvin Gaye's manager and all that. So, of course, he gra Dean grabs the hose. And here comes Kim, ready to go to work. And Dean, of course, I'm like, don't you dare, man. Don't you dare spray your sister with that hose. Of course he did. And she's just like, did you just get my hair wet? Like, I ain't gonna beat your butt, buddy. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. See, this is why I was happy I didn't have little brothers growing up. I was the youngest, actually. So I didn't have any younger siblings to annoy me. <laughs> Bill tried to protect Dean. Like, Dean, get on your bike and run away. Kim, put the shoe back on. Now, Dean. <laughs> My gosh, Mustang Sally starts playing. <gasps> Did Lillian just buy a new car? <gasps> Or a new used car. I'm curious. Because that looks like a sweet ride. So Bill goes over to Lily and asks, well, whose car is that? And she's like, yeah, it's mine. I, I traded my old one in and got this one fresh off the lot. And Bill's angry. He's like, you did what? You know that we don't make purchases like that without discussing it with one another first. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't think we discussed things anymore. Yeah, she's pretty much throwing it in his face for like, well, you pretty much told me I couldn't have this promotion because you're going to go to New York all summer. Uh-huh. Yeah, she said, I, I didn't think we discussed things anymore before we made final decisions. Like, you know, you did about going to New York. And she just walks right past him into the house. 
Dean's still holding that hose, and Lillian says, Dean, you get my hair wet with that hose, you're going to wish you didn't. Just in time. Grab a hose and get to rinsing. Purchases like that without discussing it first? Oh, I didn't think we discussed things anymore before making final decisions. Like you did about going to New York? Dean, you get my hair wet with that hose and you're gonna wish you didn't. So, Kim and Dean are in the bathroom. They're both brushing their teeth. They're fighting over this one sink. And also, Billy and Lillian are fighting about the fact that she just bought a car without consulting him. So, she is rehashing stuff from the past. She's saying about the fact that she gave up Michigan so she could go to A&M so that way Bill could stay in Alabama. So, you basically, I gave up this opportunity because this is what you wanted to do. So now, yeah, she's pretty much bringing um, every decision that he's, that or everything she's sacrificed in order to make him happy. And how she's put him first. And of course he's like, well, why are you bringing that stuff up now? You know, whenever someone brings up a bunch of stuff from the past instead of what the current argument's about. It's like, if, if you don't have anything new to throw in here, then, and you're just basically reaching for whatever you can find to throw at the person, metaphorically speaking, then you, you don't really have an argument. Like, I, I mean, I get it that she's upset that he made a decision while that discussing, like, no, your dreams get put on hold because I'm focusing on my dreams. I honestly think her going out and buying a car is a lot different than what he did. I mean, if she uses her car as a trade-in for a new vehicle, you're still making payments on that vehicle for years to come. Oh! When she, they're both brushing their teeth and he goes like spit in the sink and she goes and spit, she basically spits in his hair. And he's like, what, why did you do that? And she's like, hey, you had it coming for spraying me in the face with the hose, man. Ew! Get out. I'm using the bathroom. You're not using the bathroom. You're brushing your teeth. So it looks like this is the school and school year party. Dean is looking over at Kisa and Broderick, who 
look like they're kind of arguing. You don't really hear anything. And they're both looking in Dean's direction as he's looking at them. And he's telling Corey, they're mad at me. I know it. And Corey's like, well, yeah. What do you think that Broderick feels knowing that you like his girlfriend? Yeah. Corey says, well, I guess your new friend over there uh, knows that you still got to, you're still jonesing for his girl. And Dean's thinking, yeah, clearly Corey's right, because I must be crazy to think I could be f- stay friends with both Broderick and Kisa in the first place. Like, yeah, there's a reason they call it a third wheel. Corey immediately is like, hey, who wants cake? And Brad, Norman, and Hampton all get out of there. So Dean is just like how things are weird between his parents at home, and now things are weird between him and Kisa and Broderick at school. Of course, Dean says how he feels that both situations were because of him. It's like, well, I don't think the one between your parents is because of you, but definitely the whole love you, Dean thing, you shouldn't have put that in there. Kisa and Broderick sit down at a picnic table across from Dean, and Kisa says, we gotta talk. And he's like, uh, well, uh, uh, and it starts thundering and raining out. So, Mrs. Anderson, the teacher, asked Dean if he will, because it's fixed in a storm, something awful, will you run to the utility room and get a table? They're going to bring all the refreshments inside, but they're under a tent. Granted, a storm, I mean, you can only have, I mean, and the tent doesn't have any sides to it either. It's just like a tent with no sides. So, you know, rain is going to start splooshing in from the sides. And, yeah, it's just best to, like, move all that to, like, the auditorium, the gymnasium, some other place. So, Kisa tells Dean that she'll go with him. Okay, so this is how they're in close proximity later. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. They're mad at me. I know it. I guess your new friend over there knows that you still got a Jones for his girl. Man, he was right. Maybe it was crazy to think I could be friends with both Broderick and Kisa in the first place. Hey, uh, who wants cake? Me. 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 Things were weird between Mama and Daddy at home and still weird between me, Kisa, and Broderick at school. And I felt like both situations were because of me. We need to talk. Uh, well, uh, uh... Dean? It's fixing to storm something awful. Will you run to the utility room and get a table? We're going to bring all these refreshments inside. Yes, ma'am. You'll need some help. I'll go with you. And the thing when Kisa says, oh, I'll, I'll help you out, Broderick doesn't say anything like, oh, no, I'll do it. I'll help Dean out because I'm a guy. Or, no, I don't want you spending time alone with him. None of that. So... Kisa and Dean go in there, and Dean finds a table right away. Well, hopefully they'll be able to lift it, just the two of them. So he's like, oh, here's a table right here. I'll grab one end, you grab the other. Let's go. And immediately the siren goes off. And I'm guessing that's a tornado siren. Because I'm pretty sure they don't do that for thunderstorms. So... Kisa recognizes that as a tornado warning. There's a siren going off. And she's like, we should just stay here. And she gets under the table to take cover. And she actually takes Dean by the hand. Oh, that's right. They're counting the thunder because they're hearing stuff like swirling around outside and hitting the sides of the building and lightning and slashing. They're going one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah, the whole count the thunder with the storm. 
So, Kisa wants to talk about the yearbooks. And Dean's like, you know, I get my running shoes on. I think I'm going to just run to the main building. It's like, dude, there's a tornado outside. You're not running anywhere. You need to stay where you are. And she tells him, Dean, don't be stupid. And then she apologizes. I didn't even know she hadn't signed his yearbook yet. She says, I'm sorry I haven't signed your yearbook yet. Oh, this awkward conversation that he does not want to have in all the times to have this conversation. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Um, this sounds a lot like the end of, well, minus the tornado siren. But it sounds like the, just like the end of season two, where there was a big party that the Coopers were throwing, and that's where Winnie reveals she's going with her mom to Maine over the summer. And Kisa says, my parents are sending me to Oklahoma for the summer. And she tells Dean, yeah, Dean's like, wait, what? And Kisa says that Broderick is really upset. It's like, that dude needs to get over it then. It's like, I get it. You guys just started dating. You can write letters. And Kisa already has it made up in her mind. Like, I know he's going to get a new girlfriend while I'm gone. And it's like, does that really bother her? Probably not. And because, oh, he's going to be in high school next year. So what, are they at least a grade or two apart? He might be a little older than her. And Dean's surprised to hear this. He's like, well, I thought you guys were mad at me, you know, for the whole yearbook thing. And she looks at Dean surprised, like, well, why would we be mad at you? And he says, well, because of what I wrote in your yearbook. Both of your yearbooks. You know the love you. And Kisa looks like she wants to say something, but she doesn't. And Dean says, yeah, all my friends think that it's weird that I'm friends with you and Broderick. And I thought it would be weirder if I put love you in it. And Kisa says, well, they're right. It would be weird if they did it. But she seems fine with Dean doing it. And she says, but not you. Aww. I think, honestly, yes, this whole season has been moving like this. With her being unavailable to Dean. And I thought it just felt like she didn't see Dean in that way. And I, I thought at one point she did kind of make that clear. But now it seems like, now that Broderick's going to be out of the picture because he's going to be in high school, he's not going to want to date a middle schooler, junior higher. So, but it just feels like that's what this whole season has been about is Dean's infatuation, crush, obsession with Kisa. And Dean asks, well, why is that? And she says, because most boys aren't as sweet as you, Dean. And she said, well, unless love you meant I love you, like, love, love. And he's like, oh, yeah, love, love, <laughs> yuck. And she tells me, you know, you know this is going to be the first summer that we're not together. And Dean's like, yeah, wow, you're right. Yeah, they, they, I mean, Kisa and Dean and Corey, I think they've known each other since, what, kindergarten? And Kisa tells him, you know, I was worried, you know, I was spending so much time worrying about not seeing Broderick that I can't imagine not seeing you for that long either. Aww. Storm is definitely getting closer because they only count on two Mississippi this time instead of three. So Dean and Kisa look at each other as adult Dean narrates, we had every reason to be scared. But he says, 
but at that moment, in spite of all the storms outside that room, made me feel oddly safe. Well, he's with his crush. Oh my god, and then we get the flashback to the pilot episode, and when he sees her on the bus, he looks so young! He looks so young. I don't know if there's a space of time between when they filmed the pilot and when they started filming, you know, the rest of the series, if there was a gap of time or something, because... But he looks, and I mean, he's not wearing his glasses, but boy, does this, they both, they all look young, like they have grown a little bit since the end of season one. Oh, that is a lot, long span of time. Then we're also seeing when, what was this episode? Was it the Valentine's Day? I'm not sure. No, I think it's the one where uh, Keisha gets caught uh, shoplifting some lipstick and Kim has to help bail both her and Dean out and where they're actually holding hands while they're waiting for the manager to come back and get them. And we're just seeing, yeah, all these moments that have led up to this final moment and we've seen these two characters. It's like... This whole season has been building to this main moment of their first kiss together. There's also a couple scenes, like, I think outside of church. There's one with him watching her the Valentine's Day dance with Perry Barlow. I just remembered his name. She's looking in Dean's direction. So, of course, we cut back to the present. And Dean asks, well, what if it was love, love? Like, if I meant love as in, I have these feelings for you, what then? So, and then they lean in and they kiss! And then the light above them pops off due to the storm, and then the door crashes open. I'll talk about extremely awkward. <laughs> they break away from the kiss, and it's like, okay, well, here we are, still waiting out the storm. And the awkwardness settles in after they have this kiss. It's like, well, I don't know what to say. I mean, they're like 12, 13 years old, so. <laughs> ah, there, there's a table right there. Uh, I'll grab one end, you, you grab the other. Here, let's go. That's the tornado wind. Okay, uh, we should just stay here. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. It's really close. Can I talk to you about the yearbooks? On second thought, I, I got my running shoes on. I think I'm gonna just run to the main building. Dean, don't be stupid. I'm sorry I haven't signed your yearbook yet. It's just, I don't know how to tell you. My parents are sending me to Oklahoma for the summer. Wait, what? Patrick is really upset. I mean, I know he's going to get a new girlfriend while I'm gone. After all, he's in high school next year. I thought you guys were mad at me. Why would we be mad at you? Because of what I wrote in your yearbook. You know, the love you. All my friends said that it's weird that I'm friends with you and Broderick, but I thought it would be weirder if I put love in it. They're right. It would be weird if they did it, but not you. Why's that? Because most boys aren't as sweet as you, Dean. Unless love you meant I love you, like 
Love, love. Yeah, love, love. I mean, yuck. <laughs> you know, this is gonna be the first summer we're not together. Wow, you're right. I was spending so much time worrying about Roger. I can't imagine not seeing you for that long either. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. We had every reason to be scared, but something about that moment, in spite of all the storms outside that room, made me feel oddly safe. Like a ship on the sea. What if it was a fluff? now we hear the announcement in the school hallway that the tornado warning drill has passed or the siren has passed and they're asking everyone to return to their classrooms. Adult Dean narrates saying how now that everyone's returning to their classrooms, everyone was relieved that the storm was over. But Dean and Kisa knew that that kiss turned things upside down because she still has a boyfriend even though she and Dean shared a kiss. Oh yeah, he says that that kiss turned everything upside down more than that tornado ever could. So Kisa goes to her locker and Dean is there and then Broderick comes up and is like, oh, there you are. I was wondering where you were. And Dean's like, oh, why were you wondering that? We weren't doing anything. And Kisa looks at Dean like, Dean, shut up. And Kisa tells Dean like, relax. And then she turns to Broderick and says, look, we had to take shelter in the utility room. And Robert said, oh, okay, well, I'm glad that you two are all right. And Dean's like, oh, well, we still didn't do anything. Will you stop that, Dean? Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't be surprised if he blurts out that they kissed. And Robert's like, oh, always for the jokes. Oh, I finally got the chance to read what you wrote in my yearbook. What did he write? He's probably like, why do you write love you, Dean? Dean's like, oh, you can forget that. And Broderick says, oh, uh, can I see your yearbook again, Dean? I want to add something. What, his phone number? He already knows where he lives. Love you too, man. <laughs> Love you, Broderick. <laughs> and Dean says how in his guilty state, he figured that Broderick would write like how much he truly appreciated him. Oh, he was glad we became friends. I don't think there was anything that could have made me feel lower. Oh, boy. Let me guess, it says, love you, Broderick. <laughs> oh, he added love, comma, to Broderick. Uh, to just above his name. And Dean's like, huh, I was wrong. I kind of figured it would be something like that. <laughs> Roderick invites Kisa to go and get some ice cream sodas after school. They walk away with Broderick's arm around Kisa's shoulders and her arms around his waist. And Dean is just standing there, just like, longing. Teachers and students, the tornado warning has As we returned to our friends and classmates, everyone was relieved the storm was over. But me and Kisa knew that kiss turned things upside down more than a tornado ever could. There you are. 
I was wondering where you were. Why were you wondering that? <laughs> well, we weren't doing anything. Relax. We had to take shelter in the utility room. Oh, okay. I'm glad you two are all right. We still didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Always with the jokes. <laughs> I finally got the chance to read what you wrote in my yearbook. Oh, uh, you can forget that. Can I see yours again? I, I want to add something. In my guilty state, I imagined him writing how much he truly appreciated me and how he was glad we became friends. I didn't think there was anything that could have made me feel any lower. Huh, I was wrong. Want to get ice cream sodas after school? Okay. See you later, Dean. So, I guess this, uh, Bill and Dean, right after, like, school lets out for the year, like, right before summer, they get their just out of school, uh, start of summer haircuts. Oh, that's pretty cool. And apparently Dean had been through a few tornado seasons because the barbershop they're in has, uh, boarded up where the glass in the door is. It's been boarded up because that's been blown out. There's also some leaks coming from the ceiling. So yeah, some of these places have been hit. I think there's also like a tree down or some branches in the street or on the sidewalk. Granddaddy Clisby! Oh my gosh, we haven't seen him in a bit. Because he's like, oh, this, this, this twister wasn't, you remember the twister, right? The one that came through in 37? Now that one, let me tell you. He says, that bad boy was a mile wide. And the barber says, yeah, pulled my daddy's mulberry tree straight out of the ground. And apparently in the barber shop, no one, uh, this guy has not gotten a new uh, calendar because it still says December 1968 on it. It's like, dude, you need to get a new one. And Granddaddy Clisby says how... His friend Cooper came home to his house gone. Like, oh my gosh. So Bill and Dean are not in the mood for talking. Because even the barber's like, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue? And Granddaddy Clisby says, oh, well, no. Bill's just upset because his wife went behind his back and bought her own vehicle. And Bill says, Dad, I told you that in confidence. Bill refers to his dad as a bad refrigerator. You can't keep nothing. <laughs> oh, Granddaddy Clisby. He's like, you know, if you ask me, the first mistake was teaching her how to drive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even the barber's got something to say. But like, oh, so she bought a car with your money? Seems like that should be illegal. And Bill says, our money. And his dad says, oh, what was that? Please, please say that again a little louder so we can all hear you say that. It's like, yeah, she earns money, too. Come on. So it's like Granddaddy Clisby is predicting the future. With, because Bill's saying, no, it's our money. And uh, he just, him and the back in my day, you know, but he was saying, oh, pretty soon the, the man will stay home, watch the kids while the wife is working. It's like, yeah, they're stay-at-home dads while the wife works. I mean... It's just different times. It just that's just how it is. Things evolve. Things change. Now they're talking about like surrendering to the commies and then saying collard greens and sweet potatoes in Russian and all this stuff. So Bill is just he is irritated big time. He's just all like rah, 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 rah. 
And Granddaddy Exclusive says, oh yeah, and he lets her write checks. So what? After you've been through a few tornado seasons in the South, you learn that no matter how big the storm, life still goes on. That meant me and Daddy still had to get our start of summer haircuts after the last day of school. Now, now, now this one wasn't nothing. Y'all remember the twister that came through in 37? That bad boy was a mile wide. Pulled my daddy's mulberry tree straight out the ground. Please, my friend Cooper came home, house gone. <laughs> daddy and I weren't in the mood for jokes. Uh, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue. Well, now, maybe he's upset because his mama went behind his daddy's back and bought her own vehicle. Dad, I told you that in confidence. Like a bad refrigerator. Can't keep nothing. Now, if you ask me, first mistake was letting her learn to drive. <laughs> so, she bought a car with your money. Seems like that should be illegal. Our money. What's that? Please, please, say it again a little louder. Our money. Ah, now, that's it. That's the mistake right there. Next thing you know, the man will be standing home with the kids and the wife will be working. <laughs> Maybe we should just surrender to the commies if that happens. Better learn how to say collard greens and sweet potatoes in Russian. <laughs> it shows a lot of talk about man's work from cats who got three hours to sit in a barbershop in the middle of the day. And he lets her write checks. Hey. What? No. So we get back to the house and there is some damage. It looks like the screen door's been pulled off the house. Uh, a lot of debris in the front yard, probably from other houses. Their stuff's kind of blowing into, as you saw, in the street and the yard and everything. And Kim's like, hey, at least you weren't hurt in the storm. You know, that's important. Apparently, there's a, a nick in the paint in the on the hood of Lillian's new vehicle. And Bill comes up with Dean and says, oh, we, we need to talk. He already knows what he wants to talk about. She's like, you know, if this is about my work, then I've, I've said my piece. I don't want to get into this again. She tells him, it's your turn to handle it. And Bill says, I did. And I came up with a solution that'll make us both happy. Let me guess. Dean's going to go stay with Granddaddy Clisby or is Granddaddy Clisby going to come to the house and stay there? She's like, all right, let's hear it. And he tells her, you'll spend the summer going back and forth to Birmingham like we planned. And I'll spend the summer in New York. And... Dean's coming with me. Oh, sweet. I mean, hey, Kesey isn't going to be there. She's going to be in Oklahoma. Kim's going to be working. She'll pretty much have the place to herself. Well, I mean, Bruce will be around. <laughs> Kim's like, wait, why does Dean get to go to New York? I don't know if it looks like this. And Dean, she's thinking, well, wait a minute. We just spent 20 minutes in the car together, and he couldn't give me a heads up. I don't see why Dean would... But then again, what is Dean going to be doing while his dad is with Marvin Gaye's manager, Marvin Gaye, and they're doing their music thing? What's he going to do? Sit around a hotel room? That'll get old after a while. And Lillian asks Bill, like, are you sure about this? And he's like, yes, I am sure. I don't want to be the kind of husband that doesn't support his wife's dreams. Thank you! Always support each other's dreams. Is that saying teamwork makes the dream work? Yeah. Because it really does. Bill says, well, I thought about what my father would do. And then I decided to do the opposite. Good for you. Good for you, Bill. And Lillian is just so overjoyed and happy as she hugs Bill. And Dean tells us how his dad bucked society's norms for the woman he loved. That is sweet. 
And then, of course, things took a little turn because she's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Where is Dean going to live? What's he going to be doing while you're working? Like, it's going to be fine, Lillian. You'll iron out those details eventually. What's he going to eat? And Bill says, uh, you know, Lillian, I think they have food in New York. I think it'll be fine. She starts right away laying into Dean, like, Dean Williams, you listen to me. You don't go anywhere without your father. There's a lot of traffic in New York City. So make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. Well, they do have crosswalks and stuff. I mean, basically, if you think about it, there's so many people at crosswalks in New York, even though I've never been there. I've seen it. I've seen Home Alone 2. I know. Okay? I've seen it. I mean, yes, that movie's like 30 years old, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be pretty accurate. It's like you're basically carried away in a tidal wave across the street by a sea of people. Either that or you're being trampled. I don't know. Either or. It's just like, go with the sea of people. They'll flow across the street and they'll carry you there to the other side. And Bill and Kim go in the house. And Lily's like, you know, just don't cross the street. Just stay on whatever street you're on and make all F's. And she pulls him and goes, oh, my baby, my baby. At least you weren't hurt in the storm. All right. Count our blessings. That'll never be the same. We need to talk. If this is about my work, then I've said my piece. It's your turn to handle it. I did. I came up with a solution that'll make us both happy. Okay. Let's hear it. You'll spend the summer going back and forth to Birmingham like you planned. I'll spend the summer in New York. Dean's coming with me. Wait, what? Why does Dean get to go to New York? I'm the one who looks like this. Y'all hush. We just spent 20 minutes in the car together, and he couldn't give me a heads up. Bill, are you sure about this? Absolutely. I don't want to be the kind of husband that doesn't support his wife's dreams. So I thought about what my father would do. And decided to do the opposite. <laughs> Mama was overwhelmed by what Daddy had done. He bucked society's norms for the woman he loved. Then she turned on a dime. Wait, 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 wait. Where is Dean going to live? What's he going to do while you're working? What's he going to eat? I think they have food in New York, Lillian. Dean Williams, you listen. Don't you go anywhere without your father. There's a lot of traffic in New York City, so make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. You know what? Just don't even cross the street. Just stay on whatever street you're on and make all lefts. So this is interesting. It seems like the way this episode is going to end is kind of how the pilot episode began with him riding through town. Because Dean is riding through the streets, kind of seeing all the the wreckage and damage that the tornado has done. Just debris in the road, stuff in people's yards. Oh, I guess he's going to go say goodbye to Kisa. Well, that's nice. Oh, he wanted to tell her that he'll be going to New York this summer with his dad, so he'll be gone all summer, too. And Kisa says, oh, yeah, that's cool. That sounds a lot more fun than Oklahoma. Which, I'm kind of curious why she's going there. Maybe they got family there or something. I really hope it's not one of those, my parents are separating things like Winnie Cooper. And he says, I also wanted to talk to you about yesterday. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they're going to kind of lay the, the groundwork for what we can expect in season two with their relationship going forward. Is it still just a friendship? Are they going to explore their relationship going forward in season two or how is this gonna i'm just kind of curious 
Of course, she can't even say anything. Her dad honks the horn, says, Kisa, get in the car. We gotta go before traffic gets bad. He says, well, I guess I'll see you in September. And she does a little wave. Good grief. Kisa's dad yelling, boy, get out of the way. I'm gonna run you over. Oh! She gave him his yearbook back. She, oh, I almost forgot to give you this back. Woo! <laughs> Good thing she did. Okay, so let's see what she wrote. So it says, from what I can see, this year has really gone by fast. It's been fun hanging out with you in class and outside of school. Thanks for always including me. I'm sorry we won't get to see each other this summer. I will miss you. Love in quotes. Love, Kisa. Aww, that's so sweet. And Kisa does give him a look, kind of like, we'll see what happens come uh, September then. That's <laughs> like, dude, you gotta get out of the way. Her dad is like giving you the evil glare. Now we see Dean and Bill getting ready to go as Bill's loading up the trunk with the suitcase. You know, I noticed that when Kisa's dad was driving away, Kisa's mom is not in the passenger seat up front. So is it just him and her going by themselves? Or I'm kind of curious. Like, or maybe her mom's already there. She left earlier. I, I don't know. Maybe they only have one car. But um, Dean's like, oh, are you going to miss me, Kim? And she said, miss sharing a bathroom with you? Not a chance. But she does say, but I will miss watching Andy, Andy Griffith with you. Aww. And Bill assures Lillian, like, he's going to be okay, Lillian. It'll be fine. <laughs> he says, I'll bring him back in one piece. Because Bill sees she's wiping her eyes with a, a hanky or... <laughs> tissues or whatever. See, like, these aren't for him. Aww. And Bill does show that he does have the green book with him, which is a guide 
for African American, you know, for black people on the road, just some of the safe places that they can stay at that basically that they'll be safe along the way, especially when you're traveling through the deep south. Although they're in Alabama, so and they had to get up to New York, so definitely just and yeah, I guess <laughs> Um, Bill's dad had wanted to make sure he had that, and it's like, yeah, I think he wrote half of it. Oh no, Lillian says, oh, I think he wrote half of it. This is a sweet moment also between Kim and Dean. I love how she's got her arm around his shoulder, and Bill and Lillian kiss goodbye. Aww. Of course. Aw, so sweet. <laughs> Bill tells Kim, you put some clothes on, and they laugh, and they hug, and it's so sweet. And adult Dean narrates how, in just one week, my perfect summer had turned into a series of question marks. A lot, yeah, at the beginning of the last week of school, and now, you know, it was full of promise. I'm going to do this, and it's going to be great, get to hang out with my friends, and Kisa, and Broderick, and everything. And now it's just like, well, a lot of things are changing. People are going in separate directions, at least for summer. Like, questions... Like, what's going on with me and Kisa? Will I ever be able to look Broderick in the eye? Well, if he's in high school, he's not going to be in the same school as you. So odds are, I think you guys are going to eventually fall out of touch with each other. Dean says, eh, maybe I'll figure it all out in New York. Dean says, well, I'd have plenty of time since I'm not allowed to cross the street. you got to be kidding me, Dean. He's like, I, I got to use the bathroom because, you know, these giant boat cars where his dad is trying to get turned around so he can go down the street. And Bill's like, too late, we already left. You'll have to hold it. He says, but, but the house is our, the house is right there. And Bill's like, nope. And he's like, but. And Dean's like, but you gotta stop them. by now. And Bill says, no, we're gonna make good time to New York. And Kim and Lillian wave from the driveway as Bill and Dean drive off. Aren't you going to miss, miss sharing the bathroom? Not a chance. But I will miss watching Andy Griffith with you. He's going to be okay, Lillian. I'll bring him back in one piece. Please aren't for Dean. You just focus on your promotion. Okay. Before we stop overnight. Okay. Oh, don't worry. I promise my dad I'll bring him. <laughs> I think he wrote half of it. <laughs> We put some clothes on. <laughs> Be cool now. In just one week, my perfect summer had turned into a series of question marks. What's going on with me and Kisa? Will I ever be able to look Broderick in the eye again? Maybe I would figure it all out in New York. I'd have plenty of time, since I'm not allowed to cross the street. I, I gotta use the bathroom. Too late. We already left. But the house is right there. Nope. But you could have stopped by now. We're gonna make good time to New York. Don't worry. All right, well, that was the episode, the series one finale. That's how season one ended. I think it ended really great. I'm really looking forward to season two now. 
Um, I bet anything we're just going to start at the beginning of the school year like we did before, and we're just going to hopefully hear in passing how the summer went with the family. With Dean in New York, Lillian in her promotion, going back and forth to Birmingham, Kim in her job. Bruce, we didn't, honestly, we did not even get a mention of Bruce, so I'm wondering if they are still, I don't know why they wouldn't include him in season two. I mean, that literally, his name was not even dropped at all this episode. It's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> the wondering words of wisdom for this episode, definitely when it comes to Bill and Lillian, is... You don't have to choose. You you honestly should support each other's dreams 100%. And I don't see why either of you should have to sacrifice your dreams for the other. I mean, come on. You can both, at least in this sense, they both had that opportunity that it worked out for both of them. As far as for the yearbook thing... Maybe watch what you write, especially your writing in pen. You can't erase pen. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. But, again, I just, I liked how this ended and set up for season two. I really got a lot of how I'm spending my summer vacation, the season two finale of the original Wonder Years, from this. Alright, so I actually did not read any of the stuff info on this episode as I normally do when I start the episode so I'm going to do it now. This episode's got a 7.4 out of 10 based on 81 ratings on IMDb. We have really we had Michael Sims there but of course he didn't have any lines. Let's see we had Coach Wright he was there. Bray, I think, would have been someone in the barbershop. We had Mrs. Anderson. So this was directed by Saladay, Saladin, Saladin K. Patterson. Also, he was a writer for this episode, as well as credit to Neil Marlins and Carol Black, the creators of the original Wonder Years. We got Yaman Siegel, Ambiria Allen, Kendra Cole, Yale Galena, Giover Danny Batista, all of them writing for this episode. And it was just, it was, I loved this. This was a great way to end it. Let's see. Oh, there's connections. Kim says she'll miss watching the Andy Griffith show with Dean. That was the only connection. Um, oh, we got, oh, sweet, we got user reviews. This thing hardly ever get user reviews, so I'm excited. Okay. So this is from May 24, 2022. Maybe over-enthusiastic, but I loved this episode. Loved is in all caps, by the way. It had everything. Challenging gender norms, preteen angst, questioned loyalties, and love, love. It's perfection and the best season finale they could have possibly done, in my opinion. For the record, I am not affiliated, but I have a long love life with the original, and this series is so unbelievably good. I've been in tears and laughter and awes ever week. But this one stands above the rest. The quietness and wonderful awkwardness of Kisa, the confusion and ease from Dean, the strength and love from Mama, and the emotional support of Gus from Psyche, who of course plays the dad. 
It's all, it's acted so well. Best episode of the season. Uh, hands down, 100%. I really, there were some where I'm a little like, meh, throughout the season. Like, oh, this isn't. But I'm just, I'm excited to see where they go with season two. We do have, I'm actually going to read that in a minute when I'm done with this. Kind of some of the news coming the way for season two. I know they said summer of 2023. Whether that means June or July. I don't think they're going to wait all the way to the end of August. That will be because summer usually means in June. So, okay. This person gives it a 6 out of 10. Copied scene! Exclamation point, exclamation point with the title May 22nd, 2022. Although the scene, the episode was good, but that tornado kissing scene was copied from Superstore Show. I've never seen that before in my life. Exact same scene, same style, copy pasted in this episode. Still, I like the show. Good cast, storyline, romantic tension. The side characters could have been way better. Well, to, honestly, to each their own has their own opinion as far as I'm concerned with that. So, all right. So I'm going to jump into... Sometimes when there is an episode of the original Wonder Years that kind of coincides with the one I'm of the new Wonder Years that I've covered, I'll play a clip. In this case, I do want to play some scenes from how I'm spending my, spending my summer vacation of the original Wonder Years, mainly with the, the yearbook stuff and then what Kevin writes in the yearbook, what Winnie writes in the yearbook, and kind of the, uh, the backlash, the fallout with that. Is this great or what? What's the matter? Well, I think I'm gonna kinda miss it. Leave it to Winnie Cooper to get all sentimental about things. You had to love her. Figuratively speaking, of course. So, um, sign my yearbook? Sure. And maybe I could sign yours? Fourth period. Gotta go. Yep, you could feel it in the air. Hope, potential. Who knew what the summer breeze might bring? Wait a minute. I still had Winnie. Winnie wasn't the type to up and leave you. She wouldn't pull a stunt like that. She was thoughtful. Look at her, mulling over what to write in my yearbook, carefully choosing her words. Wait a second, this was serious mulling. Something was definitely going on here. Sure, we'd had our ups and downs, our missteps, but we were older, wiser. It was time to let her know how I felt. It was time to make poetry. No matter what the obstacles. filled an entire page with phrases like never change, always stay the same, and good luck. Still, something was missing. It needed something more. Something... Oh, he put I love you. Oh my gosh. First he didn't underline it. I love you, Kevin. <laughs> okay, it was a bold and reckless move. But I was a bold and reckless guy. And these were bold and reckless times. I'm finished. I tried not to hog up too much space. Me too. Here's yours. 
second to read all those wonderful things Winnie had been too embarrassed to say in person. All those secret passions and yearnings she'd kept bottled up inside for the past year. Have a neat summer. She's looking like anywhere else. wanted to tell Winnie I understood what was happening to her family. I wanted to say something that would give her comfort. Something incredibly wise. Sorry. Will you write to me when I'm away?
so yeah, Kevin, like Dean, made a bold gesture with the putting love in the yearbook. And pretty much with Winnie, you know, kissing him at in the beginning of the school year and everything, and she pretty much starts going out with Kirk McRae and then, you know, other guys and stuff like that. And it's just, I think it was just, it was confusing for Kevin, but it was a moment of sadness for when she just lost her brother and she was, you know, maybe caught up in the moment. Doesn't mean that they were headed for a relationship or even that she wanted one. I think she was just hiding from, you know, her feelings and feeling sad and stuff about her brother. And that's why she was, because even at one point in season four, when she goes to a different school, it's the the accident episode where she says, I just want to forget the past, you know, two or three years. And Kevin feels like, well, what about me? Does that include me as well? Do you want to forget me? And she just, up until her brother died, she just wants to erase all those years and everything like that. And I just, um, I, I feel for him when he, what she's going through. But Kevin just seems so selfish in this episode. It's like he wants her to lock this down, whatever she's feeling about him. He wants it to be concrete. Either you like me or you don't like me. He's basically giving her an ultimatum. But with Dean and Kisa, it's it's a little different. Because they didn't share a kiss until at the end of the school year. And at no point in time did she show... I mean, there were little looks and glances between the two of them and stuff like that but you know they were they were friends and I I can't remember if she even said at one point like I don't you're my friend I don't feel that way about you because she's had a handful of boys that she was interested in stuff like that so it just it's interesting how both boys kind of come at this situation whereas it just it's interesting how it's flip-flopped where before it was Winnie was the one that lost her brother whereas with Dean you know he didn't lose his brother and he wasn't the one that got the kiss at the end of the pilot episode that was Corey cuz Corey and Kisa were together for a little bit and everything like that and it's just I just, it's, it's interesting, the comparisons and the parallels and stuff between the two shows, but, you know, both of, both Dean and Kevin, Dean and Kevin made a bold move in writing what they wrote in the yearbooks, and both had different outcomes, and the thing is, both of the guys gotta know it's not always gonna be about you, sometimes it's gotta be about the other person, and... But as I said, I, I'm looking forward to season two of the new Wonder Years and seeing where we go with the characters. Uh, some cast members, I'm going to go to the Wonder Years Instagram page and kind of talk about some of the news that has been coming up about what we're getting about season two. Now, there are a couple episode titles for season two already. Whether these are set in stone or whether they'll change at some point, I'm not 100% certain. 
what the first one of course is not even gonna anything because apparently anyone can go in and edit uh one says one watch schooled which i don't think that show it's a spin-off of the goldbergs which schooled was set in the 90s they canceled that show so i don't know why someone put that up there but two episode two supposedly is titled Forbidden Fruit, and then three is Football Team. So again, I don't know if these are real episode titles or not. Football Team makes me think that Dean is going to try out for the football team, which I don't see. Well, Kevin even did that in season five until he did the soccer thing. Five or six. One of them. One of them. Okay, so I'm going to visit the Wonder Years Instagram page. Alright, so one of the cast members joining for season two is Patty LaBelle. She will be playing Bill's mom. We have not met her yet. We've only heard about her in passing, so that it's going to be really interesting. We have Wayne Brady also joining the cast. We have Donald Faison joining the cast for season two. Bradley Whitford, so that, and uh, a handful of other people. Let's see... Some, uh, their Instagram handle, so I'm not sure what their names are. I mean, they do have their pictures. There's one person here. I'm not sure what the lady's name is. There's Wayne Brady. There's another guy. There's Donald Faison. And there is also Bradley Whitford, who, if you've seen <laughs> Billy Madison from 95, he played the villain of the story, I believe his name was Eric. He was just, he worked for Billy Madison's father. He's going to take over the hotel if Billy didn't graduate from high school, basically. I uh, also want to give a shout out to Julian Lerner. He celebrated a birthday in early November. He plays Brad, one of Dean's besties, of course. Looks like the filming is starting to get underway for season two. And just asking what people are most excited for when The Wonder Years returns. Let's see, EJ Williams, who plays Dean, says, I'm excited to see new faces and share more laughs. This person says, the show is great. I appreciate how we see the characters evolving in positive relationships amongst black families. This last season, I appreciated Dean's humor so much. It was relatable. So I'm looking forward to that and seeing the family handle their adversities in life. We can all learn a thing or two. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, ugh. Oh, this person's uh, so ready to see what shenanigans the fellas, Norman, Hampton, Corey, Brett, and Dean get into. Also need to see what happens with Dean and Kisa after the kiss. Yes, basically, I believe, it. I think it's going to pick up right as summer is ending and the kids go back to school. Dean's going to start, if he started 7th grade, he should be going into 8th grade. <laughs> this person says, I can't wait to see the conversation when Dean tells Corey that he kissed Kisa too and she love loves him. Aww. Bring more heart and reflection to the show like the original. It was always great to hear the reflection from the narrator realizing his childhood self could or couldn't comprehend something at that age. So I like a lot of what people are saying and this person, I'm just excited to be able to watch it again. This person, I'm excited to see if Keith and Dean will be together, and also really missed 
the hearing, the be cool. To, yeah, he did. We did get a be cool. He said that to Kim before Bill got in the car with Dean. Someone says, if Dean changes in a big way after his summer in NYC with Bill, I really, gosh, I really hope that um, we get a little more than just in passing. Like, oh, how was New York? Oh, it was okay. It's like, uh, he spent a whole summer there. I want the deets. So I want to find out how his summer is in New York. Keith's summer is in Oklahoma, which I'm guessing ain't going to be that great. <laughs> we'll see. So, ah. Uh. I hope you all enjoyed my coverage of season one. I know it took quite a while, but, uh, and I know it's going to be a while before you hear my thoughts on season two starting up. I mean, we have at least, it's going to be sometime in 2024, most likely once I get the majority of season two pre-recorded is when I'm going to start uploading, so... Again, I'm glad you guys came along with me for my journey through season one, and I hope you'll continue on when I start covering and uploading season two. Everyone, I hope you have a great rest of 2022 in December. If you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, I hope it's, it's great for you. I hope you have a happy new year. Fingers crossed good things coming in 2023. So... If you guys want to email the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, leave a review for the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. Just go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Wonder Years podcast, and the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast will pop up. And I do apologize. My voice sounds scratchy because I have been podcasting for well over an hour or more, and that's just how my voice gets. Have a great rest of the week and rest of the year, everyone. Bye-bye.